This one is called the pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes, sir. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. Yes, it does. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting live from Chobo Studios in beautiful... Downtown Van Nuys. That's in California, <laughs> folks. And Ed, we got a, another... Uh, Patreon listener contributing to our show. That's right. Thank you to Katiana Falsetti uh, for contributing to the show. If you want to contribute monthly to keep the show on the road, you can go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash funniest thing. We appreciate all you who are contributing every month, especially since we've stepped out boldly. Stepped into Chilbo Studios. Yes. We got a great piece of mail through Patreon from Charlotte Coachman. Oh, let's hear it. Let's see here. Hello from the Pacific Northwest, Daryl and Ed. I just have to tell you how much joy I receive from listening to your show. As a longtime student of Unity, you both share all the principles they teach and more. Your personal experiences help us all relate to your spiritual journey, understanding joy and love, and to know we too can walk that walk. Blessings and much prosperity and joy to you both. Charlotte Coachman, Sequim, Washington. Wow. All right. Now, with no further ado, on with the show. What's what are you doing over there? I'm living on a prayer, man. <laughs> <laughs> this whole show is, buddy. This whole show is. It's called Living on a Prayer with John Strickland. What we think upon grows, therefore every thought's a prayer. When we think magnanimously, we expand our universe, and when we think small, we shrink it. On this episode, Daryl and Ed inspire us to open our minds to accept the highest possibilities for ourselves. And during the second segment, Southern Fried John Strickland keeps the momentum going with today's daily word, zeal. Zeal. Not only is he Southern Fried, he ran Silent Unity. He's a, an amazing minister. Yeah, he was although the, yes, he the director. The director of Silent Unity for many years. And he was also a sidekick of uh, Eric Butterworth. I know. He pretends he retired. I'm sure we're going to find out that he's still up to, to all good, as they say, <laughs> instead of no good. But uh, <laughs> he's a blessed rascal amongst us. And every time we talk to him and, and are in his presence, we feel uplifted and inspired. Last week's guest, Kathy Norman, once had a crush on him. May still have the crush, but uh, um, yeah, you'll see he's a handsome fellow. I recommend subscribing to the YouTube page, yes. Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. You can see this full episode on um, on the YouTube. It's If you like watching it as a video. Wait, you do how old are you? Me? Yeah, why? It's like a grandpa on the YouTube. Well... <laughs> it rolls YouTube. off the tongue nicely. <laughs> YouTube grandpa. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the ultimate compliment. I was very inspired by my own grandfather growing up, so that maybe that explains no, it's it. It's good. Don't lose it. I like it. Okay, thank you. Uh, some people have my aunt Madeline, for example, up in uh, Connecticut. Now they ran. They got out of the Bronx a while back, but she does. She'll do her housework. And put it, on, put it on the YouTube. Nice. Yeah, there's others that have told me they do the same thing. So um, I think we have some mail from someone who, who puts it on. Yes, um, yes, we do. So check out the YouTube. Funniest thing with Daryl and Ed. Make full use of our uh, investment in Chobo Studios yes. by watching the full links. Andy Indy does a great job with that. So um, Well, I want to say one thing. We have today's show... A lot of the readings, that's why I'm glad we have, it's amazing how these three breaths now work perfect, because a lot of our readings are really about 
believing, like believing what you desire, putting it in God's hands, and then moving forward and just doing the next right thing. Yes. Like letting God work on that while we work on the simple little things that are in front of us to do and keeping that that faith, which is joyful expectancy, alive. Mm -hmm. So today's three breaths were inspired by, you know who? Stephen Tom Thorpe. Yeah, but you know who he was inspired by? You're, you're about to tell us. I, 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 I'm not, I was not familiar with it. I do believe it's a, a chicken-based item, right? Oh, yes. This is, if you were, this is if, a, not if, the first time we've been inspired by if you've, chickens. If, if, you've been watch, if you've ever watched TV in the not-so-distant past, there used to be these, informa- these, informations, these infomercials by a guy named Ron Popeil. Okay. And we'd always have these crazy inventions from spray right. paint for your hair. Right. It was, what was it called? The Great Looking Hair, GLH. All right, all right. And then one of his other things was the rotisserie chicken cooker. Oh, okay. And the whole thing was you just put that chicken in there on the, what's it called? The spigot? On the spit? On the spit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you set it. And forget it. And yeah! forget it. Set it and forget it. <laughs> so uh, out of nowhere, Steve, I, I, I forgot what I was talking to him about, and he said, you got to bless it and forget it. I go, oh, my God, that's amazing. So yeah. thank you, Stephen. We're going to use those for our three breaths today. That's the power of prayer right there. To yes. Bless it and forget it. Let, let your prayers go to work. Let God go to work. Because um, you're really just tuning in to yeah. what God is already up to when we pray and affirm the good. It's already so we're just like calming ourselves, making ourselves receptive to the good. We're just going to bless it and forget it. So let's take a breath to clear our mind. What's his name? Ron Popeil. Uh, Ron Popeil, I believe. Ron Popeil. All right. Okay. In honor of Ron Popeil and Stephen Tom Thorpe, <laughs> let's take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> Treating our concern like those chickens. We're yeah. just going to put them on a spit. <laughs> bless. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Uh, I bless it and forget it. Uh, I bless it and forget it. I bless it and forget it. All right, so another thing that inspired the show this week is uh, a reading from A Deep Breath of Life by Alan Cohn. Yes. Anything we read, if you go to GeraldNed.com, there's a reading list there. You can order it for yourself. Um, we don't get paid for that, but it, make it, it makes it easy for you to add these things to your morning routine. Anyone uh, listening to the show and that we meet who's interested in this stuff, we recommend a morning routine. The simpler, the better. If it feels overwhelming, then make it easier until it feels just right for you. Once you start doing it on a daily basis, it'll naturally start to expand. Yes. Do some uh, inspired reading, some meditation, which just means you can set a timer for a few minutes and just breathe. Yes. Literally, it's that simple. Just sit and breathe. Enjoy the chair you're sitting in. Tune into the room around you. Then you affirm some positive thoughts. Once you're – once you're – Awareness starts to raise, and you start to see things from a higher altitude. You start to realize how good life is, and you start to affirm your good. You can make an affirmative, inspired to-do list for the day. Yes. Just some form of affirmative prayer. So it's the, the reading, the meditation, the affirmative prayer that go about your day. So this, this reading came from one of our morning routine readings. Yeah. yeah. So this is from A Deep Breath of Life. If you have this book by Alan Cohn, it's, on, it's from July 26th. And the title of it is Pygmy Thoughts. There's a great quote here from A Course in Miracles. Be not content with littleness. Are you ready, folks? Yes. Okay. Breeding for smallness is symbolic of the way we paint ourselves into a corner by thinking diminutive thoughts. 
When we believe in lack and act as if it were so, we manufacture a world smaller than the one we were born into. That's the key. Mm -hmm. And generate a new wave of little thoughts that leads to even more limitation in our experience. Eventually, we live in a tiny world, miniature in comparison to the world we were intended to enjoy. Jesus taught, to him that hath, more shall be given And to him that hath not, it shall be taken away. And here it is explained perfectly. Meaning, when we think magnanimously, we expand our universe. And when we think small, we shrink it. Let us open our minds to the highest possibilities that we may enjoy all that is available. And the affirmation is, my magnificent thoughts create a magnificent world. Yes. Wow. Uh, Now, should we go right into Mm high-octane thinking, folks? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a book by Emmett Fox. Like Ed said, we list these on our website. You can find them online at Amazon. You can even get them used for a penny with free shipping, sometimes as little as $3 shipping. Um, It's titled, Make Your Life Worthwhile. And in the not-too-distant past, I think it was either in a Parade article. I found the article online. Um, It was either Parade or a Vanity Fair article where they're interviewing Eddie Murphy. And they asked him, you know, you know how they like to stump? Yeah. So what book's on your nightstand? Right. And you're like, what? what?" (laughs) Right, 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 right. Well, he, he just jumped right in there. He said, oh, I'm reading Make Your Life Worthwhile by Emmett Fox. I love it, and I highly recommend it. Oh, nice. That's Eddie Murphy gave this book his yes. seal of approval. So I'm going to read. This is a chapter called High Octane Thinking, and it's it's really what this show is all about. And it's also good news for some of us who have been living by these spiritual principles as well as newcomers to them, to hearing about them, because some of us think or we start thinking um, – we give ourselves too much power when we think we're thinking negatively, and this kind of wipes that off the slate for us in a very loving and real um, way. It is the quality of your habitual thinking that matters. That is what makes or mars your life. It is not so much a particular thought, good or bad, but the general quality or tone of your thinking that determines your fate. You may catch yourself thinking negatively from time to time during the period of self-training, but as long as the general tone of your thinking is positive and constructive, occasional temporary lapses will not matter much. On the other hand, occasional treatments can do very little if the general tone of your thinking is poor. It is the general tone that matters. High-octane thinking is like high-octane gas. It means power and performance. In the new age after the war, oh, sorry, I should skip this part. But now that I'm into it, we'll just go out through it. In the new age after the war, he's talking about World War II, there are going to be opportunities for success and achievements in America such as never come to any nation before. And it turned out to be true. We shall find ourselves facing a new and better world, but the prizes will go to the trained, constructive thinker. Mm-hmm. It is obvious to all that the days of special privilege are over and that individual ability and that alone will count. High-octane thinking is the realization that God is working through you in everything you do. Simple but powerful beyond imagination. If you really believe that God is working through you, the quality of your work will be so high and you will receive so much inspiration from him that every barrier in your path will fall away. Undreamed of good will come into your life, and you will be a blessing to all around you. High-octane thinking means power and performance. Nice. You know what's funny? Just today on the ride to work. To work? Well, isn't this our job? Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 On the ride to fun. All right. uh, um, There was a talk, uh, a book by um, Joseph Murphy. I'm just here to Zoom with John Strickland in a little while. (laughs) And in the beginning, the uh, he he. 
Dr. Joseph Murphy, Murphy mm-hmm. is talking about Charles Fillmore, who was the founder of Unity. Right. And he says he sums it up perfectly by saying um, that this is – it's all about being responsible. And even Joseph Murphy says, ooh, that sounds, you know, ooh, like – Yeah, like, right. It sounds like, oh, no. Like, right. It can sound like the – Catholicism or all these other things. You or know. just some punishments. Yes, you better Who's be. Who's responsible for this? Yeah, or heavy lifting, <laughs> meaning heavy lifting on our part. But Charles Fillmore, he said that, Joseph Murphy says that this is in the beginning of The Revealing Word, which is a great book, folks, by Charles Fillmore. It's called The Revealing Word. It's a little book by Unity. You can find it used online also. And it gives all the little metaphysical meanings right. of the bu- biblical terms. And it's incredible. Because it really, you go, oh, my God, of course that's what that word means. Right. Like, repent means change your mind. Right. A change of thought. doesn't right. mean, oh, no, I'm a bad boy. Right. That's actually creating more problems. Right. So, that's what we need to repent from, yeah. is that guilt. And- so he was saying in, under the responsibility, it means to be able to keep, when we have a concern, to be able to give the concern to God. Yeah. And be responsible to keep our thinking along the lines of belief. Right. Along the lines that God is handling that. Right. It's none of my concern. I can release the concern. Right, right. You know? Are you going to read from the earnest? Okay. And we're going to wrap it up with this is. Actually, we got a couple more little things I'm going to throw in after this. This is another um, little book you get online called Practical Application of Science of Mind. We find these wherever we find them. We'll pick them up. We start and we go, oh, my God, this is great stuff. So we just make these easier for you to find. This one's great. Very little, like one paragraph, uh, upstairs kickers. Medicinal reading for the soul. Yes. All right, here we go. This is called How to to Improve Conditions. And the little reading is law is always exact. Jesus told us. That when we ask God for anything, we must believe that we already have the thing that we are asking for. Right. This is a veiled statement of the law of cause and effect. It really means that we must have a mental acceptance of our desire before the law can act upon that desire in an affirmative way. Right. In giving a spiritual mind treatment for ourselves or for another we are told to accept the thing we desire even before we experience it and last mm-hmm. week we talked mm-hmm. about could be the feeling of relief right of it already being healed or it already being received right right for unless we accept it we are rejecting it hear that yes. unless i'm accepting the new idea that i will receive which is working along with god's love for me right then i'm rejecting it And if we are rejecting it, we are not believing that we can have it. And while we believe that we do not have it, the law cannot make the gift. Hence, we are told to believe that we already possess the object of our desire and so should make known our request with thanksgiving. Like, hallelujah. Right. It's already happening, Ed. Yes, yes. A little thought given to this idea will clearly demonstrate that there is no other way prayer could be answered. There is no other way a demonstration can be made. We have the inspiration, the intuition, the instruction of the wise, the dictates of common sense, and a definite knowledge of the law of cause and effect and how it works in practical experience. From all these sources, we draw this one and inevitable conclusion. Yeah. When a spiritual mind treatment is given, it must incorporate an affirmative acceptance of the fulfillment of the desired good. And think of how good that feels. Yes. It must state that we now already have that good. Oh, man. This stuff works, man. It really works. I've been using it a lot lately, um, stepping out boldly. Just last week on the episode, I talked about moving in a new direction in terms of stepping out more boldly, expressing more of my gifts and talents uh, kind of outside of this public education profession that I've been doing for a long time. And we were all hyped up and... Um, you know, as it also in, in like making these claims, I started to really, I, first I was like, what the heck's going on? I feel like, uh, ever since then I felt worse, but, uh, one day I was meditating and I just realized that because I've been asking God, just show me 
my prosperity. Yes. Like, guide my attention towards what's mine. Well, you know, so uh, I, f- I had a moment of uh, clarity when I realized like this feeling, this bad feeling and thoughts that were coming from like my lower abdomen was really was an answer to my prayer also because God was showing me where I've been holding on to negativity, doubt, pity, self-pity, fear, like really holding on and thinking that there's some safety in doing that. And I realized in letting that go and claiming dominion, like that's one thing I love about Neville Goddard is I have to keep saying I don't consent to that. Yes. And I've become more of a loving parent to the part of myself that has been holding on to all that stuff and saying, no, I don't agree with that. We're not going to sit in self-pity right, pity right now. I'm going to take you for a walk, and we're going to go do something fun instead. And I've been changing a lot of the way I'm doing things, and it's really helping me to open up. And uh, after I know you got something to say. No, this, this is going to blow your mind. Yeah, let's hear it. So remember, because I've been experiencing this with you this week. Yeah. You know, you've, there's some wonderful things yeah, yeah, that yeah. have occurred as a result. But, right. you know— because the whole we both experience this. Right. Things seem to get worse before they get better. Right. The right. thing is not to buy into that. So last night, I you know before we sleep at night, it's always good to read something positive and right. always commit to at least two pages. So even if you enjoy your YouTube or whatever on your phone before you go to bed, just read two pages of your spiritual book. So last night, that from the same book, make your life worthwhile. I'm just going to read two sentences yeah, that's going to kick you upstairs. And I was wondering, why did I read this? So it has key words in the Bible. Yeah. Like I was just saying, yeah, like how yeah. Charles Fillmore went through. So this key word was wrath. And in my mind, I don't want to read about wrath. Okay, yeah, right, <laughs> right, yeah. The grapes of wrath. Right, right. But he actually says the experience that you were having this week. Listen, the explanation is that the word wrath in the Bible really means great activity. The activity that accompanies or precedes the healing of any negative condition. Yeah. When you heal a sick person by prayer, he frequently gets worse before the healing. This kind of crisis is what's signified by wrath. Wow. And meaning that the change is now like, the, it's like that old stuff yeah. is now coming up to the surface to be blessed and let go. Yeah. And that the real change is in motion. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it, it, t- it ties into this little bit from Prosperity Now by Mary Catherine McDougall, which says, let us earnestly question ourselves. Do we really think there's a set amount for each of us to enjoy and have? Is God actually an arbitrary parent who says, you can have this much and no more? Do we really think down deep in our heart that there are some things too good for us to to desire or have? Is there a height beyond which we're not to go in our thinking, our desiring, and our asking? Let us be honest. What do we really think? If we have reservations about our good and about what we can expect, then we can start to correct them, which is just what we're talking about here. This is just what I'm doing. It will help to read the answer to all these questions in John. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Read those words until you really understand them. Up to now, we have asked nothing. That is quite a statement, but it is Jesus Christ's statement, followed by his great promise that we will receive when we ask. And how can our joy be truly full unless we ask for unlimited prosperity? Any lack of good will keep our joy from being full. And then Catherine Ponder says, People off in the book, Open Your Mind to Receive, People have often been conditioned to expect less less than the best and settle for less than the best in life. And she says it is because we believe that in this God that's like split between good and evil, yes, yes. sometimes loves us, sometimes does not. But he says she says when we unlearn when we learn the unlimited truth about God's goodness and it's available to everyone, we're, we are set free from such limited beliefs and from the limited results of those beliefs. I have found it worthwhile to declare as often as I can, as I go about my day, nothing but the best. This helps me open my mind to receive in an overall way. She says, how to claim the best. Perhaps you're thinking, how do I claim nothing but the best in my life experiences? How can I help to bring this about? An affirmation that has worked miracles for many people is, God is so good, life is so wonderful, and I am so richly blessed. Just thinking in this way helps us to open our minds to the best in life. Another statement that has helped me over the years to expand the good in my world is, I have a divine right to the best. I now trust my divine right to bring me out right in experiencing the best. As you make these statements, your prosperity vow, you become rich from the inside out. And I got to say, I've been doing this 
Daryl recommended a great book. You can probably find it in your local library. They often have audio books through uh, an app or something. It's called How to Be Rich. And it quotes from Wallace Waddles, Napoleon Hill. Joseph Murphy. Yeah, many, many people. Many people. And it. so I've been listening to that. And there's just so many good things about just giving, always yes. being in the, in the uh, spirit of giving. Yes. Not worrying about yourself. Just giving, giving, giving. Yes. And not worrying how it's going to come back to yes. you. Yes. Oh, more. I love that. Yeah, so – I've been listening to all a bunch of things, uh, some other stuff by Napoleon Hill, a lot of prosperity-related things. So I'm doing all this stuff, and at the same time, I'm being this loving parent to, because I found like a little kid inside me who's like scared to step out as boldly as God's asked me to step out boldly. So there's times where I'm thinking, is any of this working? What am I doing? Am I overcooking oh, myself? I'm listening one, to folks. so much crap. So the other day, I'm thinking about this uh, friend of mine, Lee Yin, and uh, I'm thinking, I, she's a parent, and I met her. Basically by doing this very thing, but I didn't know I was doing it. I was – when I was working as an inclusion specialist, I wasn't working with her child, but I would see her in the hall. Yeah. And I would just strike up conversation and encourage her. I yes. always encourage parents because they're dealing with a lot. You know, every parent is yes. – it's, it's the only real full-time job, I would say. So anyway, we made this connection. Then a couple of years later, I became friends with her on uh, social media, right? So we joke and share about how our kids are doing, yes. blah, blah, blah. And – also, and this is, believe me, I'm breaking code for a lot of teachers who, ah, we never do anything personal with our parents. It's like they're afraid, you know, like, yeah, you it can't cross no these sense. lines. To me, I'm like, I look at it like I'm in a small town in Missouri yes, yes. in the Fillmore time. We're all friends. We're yes. all family. So anyway, I'm thinking of her. I'm thinking about all my ideas about education, stepping out boldly yeah, and I such. It, I got it. And so I sent her a message on uh, on Instagram because we communicate sometimes. An inspired and I, hunch. And I just said, yes. I was thinking about you today. I'm thinking about doing something where I can express more of who I am as an educator, blah, blah, blah. She goes, we need to talk. And I said, all right. And she's like, my husband and I are doing something. And I can't say too much about it, but um, I was like, whatever it is, because I've been listening to this stuff and I didn't realize how it's working in my consciousness. I said, whatever you want, whatever I can do to help, I'll do it. I don't care what it is. She's like, oh, can you meet us at the beach on Friday? You know, so Just yesterday, Just folks. yesterday. So I'm driving over there, and I'm thinking, ah, i got to get to Daryl's Art Show in Beverly Hills. It's like on the other side of town, but I said, forget it. Yeah. Everything lined up because first I was going to go to your place, and then right at the same moment there's someone that texted us. And I, yeah. my hunch was telling me, go to the beach yes, first. And then, yes, and yes, my, yes. My rational mind's going, how am I going to do all this in this like two-hour period? Go from Marina Del Rey, then all across to Beverly Hills. But somehow I just jumped in my car on my way over there. First thing I realized is, wow, Marina Del Rey is beautiful. Yes. I rolled down my window. Instead of trying to make it a rush, I just said, I'm putting it in God's hands because yes. that's what I'm into. And I'm just enjoying a nice little time away. I find an amazing parking spot right at the beach. Yes. Then I walk across to the sand. I'm like, oh, I'm right here. But then it's like a mile walk across the sand. I'm laughing. I have this duffel bag. I'm like James Bond. I'm dressed for the art show, but I'm, I have the <laughs> swim trunks. I go to the little tent where they're set up. I put on my swim trunks, take like a three-minute swim, come back. She hands me a sandwich and tells me all, all these ideas. Yes. And I say, whatever, I don't know what I can do to help, but like whatever it is, I don't know what my role will be in this. And it's a big deal what they're doing. I can't say what it is, no, but it's but a it's very a big deal. We're talking about a legitimate opportunity. And it's very much aligned with the things yes. I'm putting out there. And, but I wasn't desperate at all because of all the yes. stuff I've been listening. I just said, look. You guys are amazing what you're doing. I know it's going to work and prosper. What, I don't know what my role will be, but whatever I can do, we'll figure that out as we go. It was like I ate this delicious sandwich. She, I got her and her husband even more fired up yeah. about their idea. I grabbed my duffel bag. I walked to the shower, switched back into the art clothes, get in my car, and arrived perfectly in yes. Beverly Hills at the perfect moment uh, yes. for the art show. Well, we and then you told me. Something that she told you about me that I totally forgot about. Yeah. Like this, the whole thing's Carol. Connected. It turns out this woman's son, oldest son, was in, he was really into art. Now he's much old. He's uh, maybe middle school or high school. I now. met him. He was only like six, right? Yeah, he was like in first grade. You were the person who inspired him to get into drawing, and now he's an amazing artist. It's you showed me this very the, realistic the Bruce Lee picture that he had drawn. Yeah, and she said, oh, thank Mr. Fuzzy. And then she, she was talking about how you can even be a part yeah. of this project going forward. And it happens to be two blocks from where you live know, in a crazy. place where you already take walks. <laughs> it's crazy, The whole folks. thing 
But like I didn't know, I didn't see it coming. I just no. said yes, even, and I'll be honest with you. After I said yes, oh, yeah. I was like, "What did I do? I like, know this I is know. not going to be." I don't know. I started ima- my mind started imagining what she was going to tell me, and that it wasn't going to be that inspiring. Uh, but yeah, it blew right. away my expectations. But I, I just felt like a secret agent for God. Like yes. I told her, I've been doing this twenty five years. I can do this, this, and this. i you know, I'll do all of that for you guys, and whatever it is, we'll figure it out. And it's going to be great. So you keep working this stuff. You just don't know. So yesterday, my thing that I was tricking myself was I just said, because I, I was feeling anxious, I just said, and I wasn't really feeling it, but I was just telling myself, my prayers are working for me right now. And yeah. like, I'm learning to unanxious myself, to get out of that, yeah. to what we call shut down that factory of fear inside. We were talking about just shut the whole thing. There's been a fear in the past that all it's worried about is me. Oh no, me, me, well, you know, me. It's not gonna happen. This guy, like I'm, like, ah. and it's like the whole thing. I don't need that factory of fear anymore. I'm just shut. Like, but I learned you can't just shut it down. It gets kind of louder. You have to then bless it and release it and be loving and kind with yourself. But it's working, man. It's always working. We're living on a prayer with John Strickland. He's coming up next. Today's guest, Southern Fried John Strickland, keeps the momentum going with today's daily word. Zeal, which is the perfect word for John Strickland. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. And we're back, Ed. It's working. Now, wait, I just got to say something real quick. You ended the last segment. We were talking about closing down. And when you call, Ed called me in the, yes. the, the, the middle of last week to say, this is it, man. And I go for a walk. He's about going, heading to the beach. And we usually touch base Yeah, by phone and... He says, that's it. I had to close down the Ed factory. Yeah, He talked about the Ed factory as this factory that manufactures the misery in his mind. Right. And I love that idea. But ironically, right before he called, I took a picture on my walk of right. this. Cindy has a, a shot of it. He could drop in so yeah. you'll see it. Right. And it okay, says, good. it's a sign in the- it's, This is amazing. Right when I had that thought, Daryl- took a picture of this it says area closed for plant rehabilitation yeah i saw that sign earlier before ed closed and it made the same sense to me yeah like because these this there's this misery plant in our minds that even after when you said when she shared the good news all and you say yes and all of a sudden you start the factory starts going, yeah, but it's probably not going to be worth anything. Right. It's like we got to totally. shut it down. So when I saw this sign, it's nice that – and you said, but we got to be gentle with it. So it's not like we can just right. slam the factory down, but it's just closed timber for rehabilitation. Well, that's the thing. The, the factory itself is not bad. It's right. the products that I was producing in <laughs> yeah. the factory. In fact, it's a necessary part of our sacred imagination. It's a divine faculty we have. Yes. So just last night I texted you. I said – I got news because I realized I can't shut the plant down. I just have to be loving with it. And like, we've got to realize like we're the foreman. We're the CEO of the company. At first, we're going like, oh, it smokes. We get scared. Like, I didn't know I was, pre- I didn't know I was creating this mess. <laughs> so we it feels like we're worse garbage, off. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm. But then we realize, wait, I'm the CEO of this thing. I can gradually rehabilitate the plant so that we can start doing things in a sustainable manner, manner as they say nowadays. So – we want to recommend the book Sermon on the Molehill by Kathy Jean Norman who and Noel C. Noel C. Nelson. Kathy was on our show last week. We quickly bought the book. We got it yesterday. I already started reading, reading yes. some of it. She says, and this goes right along with prayer. Remember, every thought's a prayer. Here's a proven technique to help you make inspired decisions. Number one, let your mind become an instrument of divine intelligence rather than the source of your decisions. An instrument. Trying to squeeze a decision out of your human mind will only block the flow of the right answer. Relax and center yourself in peace. Number two, realize that God knows and God is in you. Therefore, you know. 
Acknowledge that you really don't have to make a decision at all, that on another level, the decision has already been made. All you have to do is feel what resonates with you. Number three, refrain from discussing your concern with other people as it may interfere with your guidance. That's key. That was the part of shutting down the plant that day. I just realized I'm not talking about this stuff with anyone. Right. Keep no matter to yourself for a while. Be conscious of what rings true for you. Number four. Put your concern out of your mind and affirm while I sleep or walk or work. Divine intelligence yes. is active on my behalf. Have faith that your words and choices are formed by a transcendent wisdom that is divinely inspired and divinely empowered. If fear comes creeping in, set your concern aside for an incubation period. Take a nap. Go for a walk. Read or watch some TV. Be careful what you watch. Try Random Acts on BYU TV if yes. you want to watch something good with Will Rubio, one of our guests. Be patient. Guidance will come to you, and you will feel the truth of it when it does. Yeah. So that's Sermon on the Molehill. We also recommend Daryl's new book, uh, Break Out of Your Box. Be your, what is it called? Be Your uh, heroic, heroic Self. It's right here. Although this will, there's no, this might come out in time, but Daryl and I will be interviewing Daryl at Village Well Books and Coffee this evening at 5 p.m. in yes. Culver City, Saturday, July 30th, about the book, and it's going to be very exciting. And uh, oh, speaking of exciting, we got to thank our listeners. Yeah, let's thank our listeners. Thank you for everything. Thank you for contributing to the show on Patreon. You help us keep going. Yeah, because we do have expenses, and we enjoy sharing this with you. And please, if you like the show, you can leave us a compliment or a review on any of the podcast apps that you listen to it from. That helps. Move yes. it up so more people can see it. Correct. And if you're inspired, you could always simply share an episode that you're inspired by with a friend. Yeah, subscribe and like the episodes on um, on YouTube. Also, share those with your friends. That would be great. And uh, mail us things in the P.O. Box. Funniest thing, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. We love getting mail. And um, one of the things in the mailbag this week, I'm just going to read a part of it. From Marianne. Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, excuse me. What's that? What's her last name? Lavery. Lavery. I hope I'm saying it right. New I, Jersey. I, that's her. I, I know her from her maiden name. I actually went to high school with Mary Ellen. Yeah, we mentioned her on the show. She said, I've always loved your Funniest Thing show, though I didn't listen often. Then Funniest Thing, it just popped up on my YouTube after a workout I was doing because, I, of course, I had subscribed to your show and I sat down and listened. It was so similar to what dad was teaching, and her dad was a minister in Daryl's hometown. Yes, he was, a, 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 I want to say, a Presbyterian. He I was a I'm true correct. Billy Graham fan yes. and loved Charles Swindle. Char Jesus Calling was his favorite devotional because it made it personal, just like what you and Ed are doing. Yes. So fast forward today when I listen to the latest Faith It Till You Make It podcast, and that was with Kathy Jean Norman. And there, right in the middle of it all, I heard my name. He certainly moves in mysterious ways. I'm still struggling. I'm still searching. But for now, you have calmed my anxiety and guided me back to the fold. Thanks, Daryl. I know that Dad really appreciated your correspondence with him, and he was so proud of you. Until next time, love you. Mary Ellen. Oh, man, that almost brings tears to my eyes every time I read that That's last beautiful. line. Uh, Lois Conklin on Facebook said, been finding your programs here and there. Especially enjoyed the one yesterday with the lady from Santa Barbara. FYI, this is Lois, who found you through Reverend Jerry and Roger, who are used to Facebook their service every Sunday. God blessings on you. Lois from San Andreas, California. God blessings on you. I wonder if she's Australian, man, the way she said that. What's crazy is she found our show from, a, from ministers in – she's Texas. in California. She follows ministers in Texas. We had them on the show. It's she amazing. She found us through that. Uh, hey, shout out to Glenn and Sarah who got married up in uh, – Just for, yesterday. And they used your cards, uh, yeah. Yes card and Creative Recovery at their wedding. Yeah, the Joy card. And oh, the, the Joy card. And the Yes. Yeah, the Yes card. So the Glenn one word Brewster, prayer. The Brewsters, we love you both. Um, thanks for reaching out and thinking of us. Uh, Gregory Novak on Facebook said, Hi, Daryl and Ed. Looking forward to your visit to Santa Barbara. Keep me posted when you're going to do a talk at Unity of Santa Barbara. We certainly will. We're excited about that also. Check out our website, DarylandEd.com, for everything we do. Subscribe to the Facebook page and the YouTube channel, and you will be in the loop. We want to thank Indy Fawcett here at Chobo Studios. I got my Chobo hat on right now. Yeah, yeah. we're brothers. It's, That's right. It's fresh because it's he leaves the stickers on, folks. Uh, there we go. Daryl's coming around. So um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Indy. Our other chief engineer is out in Missouri. No, he's, he lives in Kansas City. 
Yes. He built literally built Unity Online Radio. Yes, he did. And now he's um, out there freewheeling. His name's Jeff Comfort. And each week, he takes us right, right into the comfort zone. Yeah. Shout out to Silent Unity. Our guest was actually the director of Silent Unity for many years. The, the number is 800-NOW-PRAY, 800-669-7729. The, uh, they also have an app, the letter U, the word pray. Yes. Silent Unity, everything we want that we're talking about here, living on a prayer, you want to experience it firsthand, call Silent Unity. Let one of those uh, prayer associates pray with you. You will get the spirit of what this is all about. It's an amazing service. It's completely free. If you want, they'll send you an email or a letter. They will be praying with you for 30 days. But the moment when they pray with you, and you sense, because they're praying from God, not to some reluctant God, praying from the awareness of our good. Yeah. That will immediately set you off in the right direction. Shout out to Message of Hope for our buddy Chico. Outreach at unityonline.org. They get out these daily words in Spanish, Braille, and, uh, and just regular uh, daily words to people in institutions and people in need. So thank you, Message of Hope. Now. The moment we've been waiting for. Thank you being for, for being so patient, sir. Our friend. The reverend, and we use that word in the true meaning as someone who we revere and respect for the way that they live and teach this stuff and how much of a blessing they are to the world and to our lives. His name's John Strickland. He's with us today. How are you doing today, John? Excellent. And better because I've heard this program leading up to this. So great. Oh, well, that's music to our ears. And now that we have YouTube, people can actually see... Put a face on the voice, the girl, the amazing voice of John Strickland. Yes, yes. So uh, All right. we know you got Are thoughts you ready for, for us. Yeah, man. You know you've been listening to the show. What's going on? Uh, I want to t- just tell you a little lead because I'm going to read the Daily Word, which is a uh, powerhouse always. Yes. But you, you quoted, among other people, Mary Catherine McDougall. Yes. Yeah. And there was a time I was invited to be a guest speaker at her church. Now, she had uh, a wonderful church. She was a great minister, teacher, author, picked me up at the airport, took me to the Holiday Inn, went up to the counter and said, you have a reservation for Reverend John Strickland? I said, uh, no, we don't. She said, yes, you do. And she said to me, and you're going to love this place because you get a free breakfast with it. And said, no, we don't have a free breakfast here. She said, yes, you do. And uh, then she said, and here's a check. I'm going to. We don't take personal checks. She said, yes, we do. <laughs> and, and so I got the room, and she paid with a personal check, and I got a free breakfast. Well, that night, we had a board dinner, and at the end of dinner, she asked uh, uh, a board member to take me back to another hotel. And I said, no, I'm at the Holiday Inn. She said, no, you're not. You're at the – I said, okay. <laughs> so when we got in the car, I said, you know, I'm, I'm a... she checked me in at the Holiday Inn. But with her enthusiasm and her affirmation and her power, I got that room and I got a free breakfast. And uh, that's the way Mary Catherine was. She was zealous. Wow. We're talking about about zeal today. And I'll tell you this. Some coach or mentor or somebody said, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Yeah. And if I were to read this story like this, you know, Maybe kind of it might help if you kind of believed in what you're doing. You know, I don't know, but you wouldn't. You would say, "Oh, shut that guy up!" You know, what are we doing with him? But this is what what our affirmation. I greet the day with eagerness and enthusiasm. Yes. Oh Mm -hmm. man, you want to succeed? Do that. Just as the birds chirp first thing in the morning, greeting the day with joyful song. I too welcome each day with eagerness and enthusiasm. My zeal for life shines forth with the sun's morning rays illuminating the day ahead. No matter what the day holds, I am excited, and I have a choice whether I'm going to be excited. So do you. For every opportunity to live for my higher self, I am confident I can do all that is mine to do. No matter the size of my undertaking, a feeling of gratitude feeds my zealous energy. So we've got a second part here, right? Gratitude and enthusiasm. Yes. Every thought and feeling of appreciation, let's add appreciation to it. For this moment of life fuels the fire, stoking my passion to put forth my best effort. The more eagerly I anticipate all life has to offer, the more zeal propels me. Every day, I draw upon this divine energy and spring forth to do the things that I need and want to do. 
And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Folks, you want to succeed, you want to be happy, you want to be successful at anything. Enthusiasm, you can't just have a blase, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yeah, I can, I will, I do, I'm appreciative. I express my gratitude and I accomplish anything and everything. That's it. Ah, that is phenomenal. You know what? That's how it is. That's you. you Thank you. I've never seen you not be enthusiastic. Hey, thank you, sir. You know, today's show, like, the reason we love doing a show, like, you never know which one of us is chewing on something, and I've been chewing on this thing, and, or whatever um, things that my mind's coming up with. And uh, as the show's gone on, it's just starting to make more sense to me as you know because that's why we love reading these great writers and teachers and uh like mary cupford lee and then having you share that you knew mary cupford no, mary mcdougall mary mcdougall mary <laughs> Catherine mcdougall yeah right we know we also read mary yeah. yeah sorry about that mary Catherine mary McDougal. cupford's a good one yeah. yeah yeah but mary Catherine mcdougall to hear directly from you that you knew and to hear how she practiced it like because a lot of times I love the sermon, the name of, the, of Kathy Norman's book, uh, Sermon, sermon on, on the Molehill, mole because I think more than ever, like a lot of the things that our world is so scared of, I'm just thinking in public education where I work, for example, they're mole they're really molehills, but we've lost some of like the the recognition of the power of zeal and enthusiasm yeah. to go. No, no, this is how I don't care if one little line on a document in an email said I have to do it this way. I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it the way I know it works. Yes. And this zeal is going to even bless the person who wrote that email because that's probably just some throwaway email anyway. Yes. Yes, so that zeal is a big deal. That's a good, that's a good three breaths right there. So, John, what do you think about like what do you how do you see uh, the zeal? Because it seems like there was a certain time in the unity movement that seemed like they really embodied that zeal. Where do you think that comes from? I think it came from the founder Charles Fillmore when he was ninety-four years old and. He wrote, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm and spring forth with a mighty faith to do the things that ought to be done by me. 94 years old. Right. My goodness. Yeah. He said, I can do it. I got things to do. Yes. If you're yes. breathing, if you're alive, you got things to do. And why not do them with zeal and enthusiasm? You know, I got to tell you a little thing that happened to me today. I started getting concerned about my health with something that whatever it's 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 in its healing process but my mind was telling me something else john it just did not feel good so it started to color everything like the, we're gonna be doing the show today i mean this is first thing upon awakening those thoughts are right loud in my mind and right but i know better now to i just go through the motions that i know work to get me to this enthusiastic place right even though on the way to the couch and getting out my readings that other part of my head is like blah 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 right but the great thing is when you start doing this, you will develop healthy habits that you'll get into in spite of yourself right. that will work. And what happened was I started doing the readings. And then I started thinking about the fear of, oh, my God, we're going to be giving this talk about my book at the local bookstore. Mm. And instead of thinking it going rightly, I was just thinking, oh, these burdens and my health and blah. But somewhere in the reading, John, my mind started to move. Thank God for these readings. Putting in these thoughts that are true. You know, making affirmations is I'm not lying to myself. I am reaffirming the the truth and the great reality of the positive stream of life. That my body is always changing for the better. And I'm all, you know, this force for life that's alive, that holds the planets in order, this force for good, this harmonizing positive stream. So when I read these words, my mood starts to elevate. And then something happened. I started thinking about, wait a minute, like how our show, like we're going to be sharing these great ideas that are going to benefit other people. Like, in an exciting way. I wasn't thinking that word exactly. And then I was thinking about, Wow, all these great things we have to talk about during the book event right. that are all the same things we talk about on the show. Right. And I got into, like you said earlier, 
a generous mentality, a yeah. giving mentality. Yeah. And that was really starting to stoke the fire of my enthusiasm. Because right. now I had a purpose to be this ambassador of God's love to others. Right. And that's what really, that frame of mind really helped stoke the zeal. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, uh, it's a chore. It's all just me. Right. That's awesome. Makes a lot of sense. You, you know, friends, there was a, a, a time I was given a seminar and I was talking about the power of belief. I mean, that's, <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. And a woman put up her and said, I don't like the word belief because embedded in it is the word lie, L-I-E. And I said, great question. Let me tell you this. You believe a lie, it becomes your truth. You yeah. believe you're sickly. You believe you're poor. You believe you can't. You can't have good relationships. You can't be successful. Right? And that's the problem. You've been leaving lies about yourself. What we're about, what you're about, is getting people to turn it around and believe the truth. Yes. And if you've been believing a lie for a long time, then it's really difficult yes. to believe the truth. And that's why your program and those books and those authors and those teachers that you have on, what we are about is getting you to believe the truth and not to lie about yourself, about life, and about your ability to make it in life. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's funny. I remember when I was new to this stuff, John, or before then I was, you know, really had a negative perspective on life. And if someone like I, if the, at the wrong point in my life, if I met someone like you, maybe not someone like you, because I think you would have had a positive effect on me um, just because of your personality. But so, a well-intentioned layman, you know, might have said, well, something positive to cheer me up. Mm. But I always took it as a head pat, or I would say something like, "Ah, oh, he's just, yeah, that's that's garbage." They're just trying to get my hopes up. Almost right, like right. having your hopes up is derogatory. Like this, it was it was insane. Yeah. Like like hope. I I I changed the meaning of the word hope in my mind. Like you're saying through this lie that it means it's 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 an awful joke. Like hope is a joke and you're just trying to get hope up and we know hope doesn't go anywhere. Right, right. That's how I thought. But now if anyone says, oh, you're just trying to get these people's hopes up, you know, whether whoever Ed and I are talking to, right. you know, because you can get a sardonic remark from anybody. But now like you, because I'm living it and I believe it, now I could say, you know what? You're right. Yeah. We are just getting people's right. hopes up right. because once there's a little bit of hope, just a little bit, it opens the door. And even though, and I got to say, even with those people, right? Um, when I was younger and confused and, you know, just thinking negatively that there was no hope, them saying that must have planted seeds because within a very short time, when people were introducing me to this stuff, I was more open to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, John, I was wondering about your more like your daily prayer practice, or what? What do you do on a daily basis to keep your zeal flowing, get your mind going in the right direction? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you about one of Charles Fillmore's books called "The Twelve Powers of Man." Mm -hmm. If he wrote it today, it'd be the Twelve Powers of Man and Woman, right? But he. Uh, took the, the 12 disciples and kind of worked with the seven chakras that come from the e Eastern teaching. Mm. And so he, he added, you know, five to those seven, but uh, locates them in the body in, in certain places. And so every, every day I spend time going through those. Um, and, and I added the feet to it too, because, I start with the feet and work my way up to the to the crown mm. and then go back down. And and that to me, if I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I got an ache, if I got some kind of I don't know what the answer is, but I think one of those twelve powers plus the couple of that I add along the way, right. It's gonna hit it. It's gonna right. hit it. Yes. But it's what we think about we become. But we have these energy centers yeah. that are in the body and in the soul. Yeah. Yes. It's there for us to activate. Yes. It might be dormant. So zeal is one of them. And I don't know. 
Charles placed it in the in the medulla oblongata. I don't right. know how he got it there, right? But that's where I see it, and, yes. and that is uh, the zeal. But you need to to temper zeal with love and understanding. Yes, you know if you're just zealous. I mean, we've all probably come across people that are so zealous about something that we weren't interested in, but they thought it would be perfect for us. But to have compassion and love yes. and yes. spiritual understanding, that, right. you know, that's why I do all the powers every day to balance them in my body. Oh, that's, that's probably a, a, another whole show, right? Oh, no doubt about it. But I don't know. It's just awesome to hear that little bit that yes. you shared yes. because, because I know you live it. I really feel what you're saying and there's healing in your words, man. So we appreciate, and we, we will have another show, and we will get into more of that. But um, I was, I also would love it if you could share just an affirmative prayer. I'm not even sure what I don't uh, what the, I just would love to hear you. I'm being a, a long time, even being in charge of Silent Unity, but just to let people. F- feel and hear what it sounds like to pray affirmatively affirmatively would you be willing to do that for us well i will do that i will tell you uh sometimes the beseeching prayer yes. or the begging prayer is the best we can do but really you are affirming that you are separate from god and right. god's look yes. right and and so the the prayers that we do are in the affirmative and one of the, the best known is the prayer for our protection. The light of God surrounds us. Mm. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. And a lot of people add, and all is well. So there's not in that prayer a beseeching. It is a speaking the truth. And, and, and again, as, as you were saying, we're not speaking it to make it true. We're speaking it because it is true, and to affirm is to firm it up in our consciousness, because mm-hmm. what is firmly in our consciousness is what we experience in our in our lives. Mm-hmm. So if we're not liking what we're experiencing in our lives, most of us try to change the lives. We try to change others. If only he or she were better, if only my job were better, if only the economy were better, all that sort of stuff. What we need to do is we're not really trying to beg God to do anything for us. God's will is forever and ever for the highest and best for us. What we want to do is align our minds and hearts with the infinite good of God that is sitting there waiting for us if we'll just say yes to it. But in that begging, we are kind of saying, I don't have it. I'd like to have it. So make it in the present tense. I am well. I am whole. I am prospered. I have loving relationships mutually fulfilling yes. now. Yes. And that's that's the way that's the way we do it. And, and and I want you to know this. When I was learning the prayer techniques in silent unity, one of the things they taught us from one of the greatest figures in the unity movement was Mae Rowland, and she was director of silent unity for something like fifty-five years. Wow. She forbid us to use the word hope in our verbal or written. Wow. Now, hope at one time was a very positive, powerful word, but it sort of got watered down, became, well, I hope I get the right. job. Right, right. But no, it's like you affirm that. And, yes. and so it's interesting. We could not use that uh, that that word. And, and I also remember learning letter writing, and someone said, you know, I, I'm, I, I have a health challenge. My husband's left me in money. Does God want me to be miserable? And I, I wrote back, no, dear, God does not want you to be miserable. God wants to be healthy and whole with love and relationship. Well, the letter came back to me from my trainer who said, John, God does not want for anything. We don't say God wants you this or that. We say it is God's will for you to be whole wow. and healthy. And, and I thought that was an interesting yes. thing. Yes, wow. See pe- people that... that and my teacher said, oh, it's a lovely letter, John, but just know we don't yes. use that. Crazy. That is great because the thing that's changed my life and keeps changing my life about these principles is that that recognition of what you just said, that God's will for me never changes. My mind strays from it yes. sometimes, but it the, the, that will, that's the only thing that gives me true security in a life in a way I never had before is the fact that that will for me does not change, cannot change, and will not change. I love that. 
Can I That's ask a you? Powerful statement. Can I ask you about? I just the other night. Um, Indy, are you all right? I know we're going a little long, but can it, do you, Oh, please, I'm loving it. Okay, I had a question for you because the other night we we love this book, Thoughts for a Friend by Foster C. McClellan. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. did you know Foster McClellan? I did know Foster, and and there was a time. You see, he was the head of the Unity Retreat Department and the overseas. And the president of Unity said, he needs somebody to report to. He doesn't report to anybody. <laughs> so she had him report to me. Whoa! And uh, what I learned from Foster was uh, he was going to tell me exactly what he wanted to tell me, and he was going to share what he wanted to share and nothing more. And when he and I came to that understanding, he did a great a great job. Mm. And I just didn't want to interfere. I saw my job as his, quote, boss to support him and, and, and to, and to love him and, and to bless him. And he did, he was a magical person. Mm. He would, and, and, and his wife and their, their daughter is doing great work at unity. So that, that's, that's quite a, but I loved because I went on an overseas trip with them once and overseas, they, they called him beloved, beloved foster. Wow. I call him beloved foster, you know? So, hey, Oh, what a, what a great guy. What a, you know, uh, a high IQ and a brilliant man and uh, uh, amazing things. Yeah. That book. What's his daughter's name? Oh, yeah. What is his daughter's name? In Do case you know? we want to invite her on the show. Uh, Carla. Carla, Carla McClellan. McClellan. We'll have to look into look her. Look her up. Get her on. Oh, yeah, we right. will. We will. Because that book, um, Letters for Thoughts for a Friend, those short little writings that I highly recommend mm-hmm. this book. There's a guy who's been on our show. You would not even, if you looked at Stephen Bruni, he was a guest on our show, you would not assume that this guy would be loving this book. Oh, yeah, he's a big guy with tattoos. Big and... guy, tattoos from toes to all nose the way to toes. Up, From nose to toes, he is tatted up, and uh, he has quite a history. But that being said, that book is so simple and touching. It's really unique. And so positive. It's called Thoughts for a Friend. You could still find it on Amazon. I've never folks. read any other book like it. No, it's, it there's something very unique about I his love it. voice. I read the little paragraph. Each mm. page is just a paragraph. And it's such a gentle, wonderful blessing at the end of your day to read one of And this those. is a miracle we're talking to John because the other night I just I was like, who is this guy? So I looked him up and I found him, a talk on truthunity.net. That him and May Rowland had given about uh, si- mm-hmm. about what Silent Unity was, and it's a, I recommend if you go to TruthUnity.net, if you look up Foster McClellan, there's a talk with him and May yes. Rowland, which is really he, beautiful. He was a he was a wing commander in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 All well, right. You know, I'll tell you, tell you a quick story. There was a retreat in a foreign country with a lot of violence. And they really wanted somebody from headquarters. At that time, I was not director of Silent Unity. I was an understudy to James Dillett Freeman. Oh my God. And Paula and and uh, Foster said, well, we're going. John, would you go with us? Because I was expendable. I wasn't the director <laughs> of Silent Unity. <laughs> so, so the three of us went there and just had a marvelous time. We were safe. It was a beautiful thing. Uh-huh. And uh, we could bring the light from the headquarters that was definitely needed in that nation at that time. Wow. You saying that just really helps me appreciate unity movement more and more. Like that, that had that power that people would call you in and then you would go, ah, man, this is so exciting. Cause Daryl and I feel this. We were out here just as fans of this stuff as practitioners. We practice it, minister it to people, but to hear these stories really like lights up my heart in yes. such a wonderful way. So thank you, John. Well, we, we got to wrap up soon. Yeah, John, you got any closing words for us before you head out, before we wrap up the show? Uh, I, I want to say, no matter what we can see with the human eyes in the outer going on in the world today, um, there is truth at work. And we are going from good to greater good. And those of us that know this truth need to take that time every day when we see the news or read the newspaper and instead of saying, ain't it awful? We need to say, we bless, we bless, we send light and love and healing where uh, that's in a war torn area or a flooded area or wherever it might be. Right. Those of us who know the truth and the power of raising the vibration need to work on raising the vibration of this planet. 
Yes. Amen. 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 You know, that's right on target. I was talking to Nick the Poet, one of our guests yesterday. Yes. And what just came forward, and I talked to Daryl about this, is like, God's already passed all this, and so are we. We just have to catch up to where God is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Spirit's already moving through us, and by having these high-energy-powered thoughts, we're tapping into it because throughout history is just full of people who were wrong about what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. and they believed it wholeheartedly. But there's these pockets of people like the unity movement, like John Strickland, like us and everyone who's listening who can t- tap into this unseen. It's not yet seen, but we know it in our minds. eye. we've tapped into it. We know it. And we, it's just amazing. Talking to John is just a great honor. Daryl, I know Daryl feels the same way. Yep. And uh, so thank you, man. Um, we love you. And if there, uh, what's the name of your book that people – it's on my nightstand, but I'm forgetting the name right now. Think, Feel, Heal. Eight Keys to Hell and Wholeness. Think, Feel, Heal. Think, Feel, Heal. heal. That makes it simple for us. Think, yes. Feel, Heal. Yeah. So we recommend that for our listeners and our watchers on YouTube. But hang out for a second. We got, you know we like to have a good story to wrap things up. I don't know if this is true or not, but anyway. Our writers came up with this, handed it to me. What am I going to do? When John Strickland was a younger man, before he found, I don't even know if he knows this, before he found these principles, he got a job as a court bailiff. Yeah, I could see it. You know, he's a big guy. They loved him. His big personality, big, strong frame. He was still living at home at the time. You know, as a young guy. After his first day on the job, his mother saw him sitting and looking a little sad at the dinner table. Oh, so he's still living with his mom. Yeah, she <laughs> asked him, what's wrong, son? Is everything all right with your job? John replied, Thankfully, yes. I just feel a bit embarrassed. <laughs> John's mother replied, Well, what happened, dear? I was standing in court today, and I let my mind drift a bit like it's known to do. <laughs> Suddenly, I snapped out of it when the judge yelled, Order! And? Well, I said I'll take a bucket of fried chicken, a side of mashed potatoes, and a sweet tea, Your Honor. <laughs> he said order. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the Blues It's the Blues Brothers. Brothers. All right. You want to sing this out? Yeah. John Belushi dropped in. Got what, what I, I got. The prayer way. And I'll make it better. Each and every day. So, honey, don't you fret. Cause you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Visit DarylNet.com to find easy links to everything we do. John Strickland, we love you. The funniest thing with Daryl I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards. Thank you.